Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know where you are! This is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode number 425. Welcome to the podcast, Justin Smolian of Dirty Honey. How are you, sir? Great, man. Thanks for having me on here. No problem. We'll see if uh, your your bandmate, uh, John, pops in. But as you said, these guitar players, you never know. never know. You never know what they did the night beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> So, Justin, if you don't know, uh, bass is from Dirty Honey, one of the founding members of this uh, really cool uh, rock band that's been around for a few years but still making waves, people finding out about them. A uh, new album coming out, Can't Find the Breaks, November 3rd. How long did that take to make? And I, I just listened to it, and I just got to say congratulations, man. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we put a lot of hard work into that. Um, we were in the studio for about a month in Byron Bay, Australia, uh, working on it, tweaking it. And we did about three weeks of uh, prep or whatever uh, at John's house before that in, in L.A. Kind of getting, getting all the demos together. Uh, but yeah, it was really a magical experience for us this time. And really having the extra time in the studio really paid off for us. Because usually we were pretty rushed going to the studio. We made the last record in like six or seven days. So having the time to like go back and reflect uh, tunes and tweak them, I think really made a big difference. Right on. And, and you know what? And before I, I jumped too quick into it, because uh, while it's fresh into my mind, the new album, let's set the scene, though. Because if you're not watching on YouTube, you may uh, hear some sounds. If you're listening on iHeartRadio, what's, what's going on? Where in the world is, is Justin? And I appreciate you giving me time because you're uh, on the road and you're in Texas. Where in Texas are you currently? I'm in Houston, Texas right now. We were in Dallas last night. Um, there's actually crazy construction going on here at the venue. So that's why I'm on the green room. Stage is right over there. So probably hear crew guys walking by, slamming stuff. Person. I love it. That's rock and roll, bro. I, I love that. You know, that's what that's what it's all about. So, we, And I don't know if I'm, am I taking away from your rock star lifestyle? You know, uh, do you have stuff going on next now? You're helping create it, man. Yeah, <laughs> or for people like you, people would know about us. I can do what I do. Well, let's let's get into that because uh, I'm grateful that I know of Dirty Honey. I've had your singer Mark LaBelle on three times. Super nice guy. Uh, not just talking rock and roll, <laughs> but being into hockey. We're talking hockey, so we 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 bonded. Can you talk about the beginnings of Dirty Honey? Because I'm not making this up. I did not put this. Uh, entry into wikipedia because obviously you're on appetite for distortion and guns and roses themed podcast so i did not write this though 
After moving to Los Angeles in an attempt to duplicate the success of Guns N' Roses, <laughs> guitarist John Nato met vocalist Mark LaBelle, and then you come in. So I did not write that, just so everybody knows. So uh, I guess take us to the beginnings of Dirty Honey. I didn't Honey. write that either. So. <laughs> but take us like to the beginnings, uh, and because well, it was guess, John who found you, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I could just tell you um, my journey. Um, mm-hmm. John knew Mark, and I think I met John probably close to around the same time. Um, and they had uh, a band called Ground Zero uh, that mostly did covers and had like one or two originals. Uh, and then I met John separately at a jam session. Um, and we kind of started this other band with a, a drummer. And it was just kind of instrumental. And we did that for about a year, we were writing music, and we kept looking for a singer. And eventually, like the guys in Ground Zero weren't really working out. So first he brought the drummer in, then he brought me in started writing songs that drummer left over this crazy incident about he thought mark stole his cable it was really stupid the guy was out of his mind like an amazing drummer and then i'd known Jaden. well first i guess i brought Corey in because Corey and i met in the la scene doing random gigs and i've been playing with john and mark for a couple years also mostly doing covers and uh, we were just always rotating drummers in and out and i called Corey one night because our normal guy had bailed on the gig and he came in and he really just killed it and stood up on the drums that night. It was like, I want to be in the band. Kind of once Corey joined, it really took off pretty fast. Um, and obviously, Corey left at the end of last year. And I called Jaden, who was literally one of my best friends in the world and used to live with John and I. Uh, we did some other projects together. And he actually played on some of the early, early Dirty Kind of demos, like right before Corey joined the band. He probably would have been the drummer, but he got like a big touring gig and took off right before we mm. really had anything going. Mm. So when Corey left, I there were not just there anything. I just called Jaden. You know, we were in England two weeks later. Jaden Bean, uh, the, the drummer. Uh, Jaden Bean. Yeah. Is that his real name or is it really Bean? Because it's just, that's, he was born really to be Bean. a rock star. Look at that. Jaden Bean, born to be a rock star. Uh, but obviously you were as well. So how did you, when you were little Justin, you know, how did you get into rock and roll? How did you get, because I'm always interested in talking to bassists because you think, okay, guitar, front man, the, the, the quote unquote sexy positions in the band, but bass is yeah. sexy, you know? So how did you become a, a bassist? Well, I guess my dad got me a guitar at first when I was like 10 um, I didn't really take to it that well because he had me take a guitar lesson with his friend. He just showed me stuff that was too complicated. Uh, but then a couple years later, when I was probably in like fifth or sixth grade, a bunch of my friends, we were all into like Nirvana and punk rock. And just wanted to start a band. And so my dad took me to the guitar store and he was like, you're going to play bass because you'll always have a gig if you're a bass player. So <laughs> uh, that's just kind of how I ended up playing bass. And then, yeah, I really loved Nirvana and the Chili Peppers and all that when I was a kid. Yeah, and it just, I, I kind of was always working. I played in every band in my high school because I was the only bass player there and <laughs> playing the jazz band. I also started playing guitar again when I was 13, and then I went and studied classical guitar in college. But yeah, man, I was always playing. I, I always had an original band. Like being an original rock band has always been my dream, so mm-hmm. to have this actually come true is I still pinch myself sometimes. <laughs> Oh, I I love that, and and wow, your dad's how how smart, because yeah, it, every like I said, everyone wants to be the guitarist, everyone wants to be, but the bass is is the backbone. That's what's needed, and uh, look at the path that it's brought you on, and 
it's cool because as I was listening to the record, you know, I'm, I'm lucky where when I interview somebody, I get a sneak preview. So I can't find the breaks. What I, I like about it because it is uniquely Dirty Honey. However, there are a lot of uh, artists that went through my mind as I'm listening to it. So I'm just curious your thoughts. I mean, the obvious, you don't have to go there. I mean, Arrow Smith. Uh, I mean, Mark literally wore on this podcast an Aerosmith uh, sweatshirt once. Uh, you know, favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorites too. Um, I mean, of course, there's Aerosmith. There's uh, the Black Crows, who you're touring with now. There's a similar, you know, vibe to yeah. it. But what really stuck out to me, and I'm curious your reaction, if Aretha Franklin was like a little blonde white boy <laughs> and had and began and started a rock and roll band. I'm like, I'm getting Aretha Franklin vibes from some songs. I'm getting Joe Cocker vibes from another, from other songs. I'm getting Zeppelin ish vibes, but still making it dirty honey. So, uh, you know, any of these, is that my out of left field with the Aretha uh, here? Or is that, you know? no, that's actually one of the best compliments I've, we've gotten. And, and I love Aretha. Like for live the Fillmore record, I'm just obsessed with it. There's bass player named Jerry Dumont plays on it. I've like transcribed a bunch of live Aretha stuff. Oh wow! So that's you know we love soul music. Also, uh, we all love funk and R and B, and you know I love bluegrass music, country music, even like we we have a pretty wide scope of music that we all really love and appreciate. It. And we kind of wanted to showcase that on this record. That's why. There's such a wider variety of songs because we we can play so many styles of music that we really wanted to showcase that. But we wanted to do it in a way like Zeppelin did. Like Zeppelin would play a reggae song or they play a funk song, but it'd still be let's Zeppelin, still be rock. Right. So whatever we do, it's still gonna be it's still gonna rock. But we wanted we wanted to show off the other elements of our personalities or our, our musical styles and tastes on this record. That was totally the vibe that I got, and that's what I like in my bands. I mean, uh, spoiler alert, that's what I like Guns N' Roses and Use Your Illusions and yeah. the variety of it. That's my favorite band, by the way. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm like, I, I got to always do my, uh, yes, it's a GNR podcast, but I always try to do right by the guest and promote them and talk about them, whatever they need. And that's how I can do over, over 400 episodes of. Guns N' Roses talk because if it was just all GNR, I'd lose my mind. Because, but I, I am curious more about the record and the different sounds. Uh, one that's really stuck out to me was a ballad. I guess maybe because November Rain's my favorite song, so maybe that's why ballads stick out to me. And literally called, I guess in parentheses, Ballad of Shire, Coming Home. Um, can you? Is that one of your favorites off the album? And and what are if 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 not that, what are some of your favorites off the record? Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. I mean, that's personal to me because I wrote that song. Um, Look at that. I, I, I didn't even know that. that. On the bus in the middle of... <laughs> sorry, sorry. I got yeah, excited. I, I get excited again. I mean, Mark wrote the lyrics. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was in the middle of our tour with uh, Wolfgang Van Halen last uh, year. And we were co-headlining. So, like, that means, like, whoever's headlining that night gets a big dressing room or whatever. And we were not headlining that night. And we were at, like, Ohio or somewhere. There's no place to hang out backstage. Mark had actually taken the piece of the hotel room that we were all sharing. So I was just like stuck on the bus and I was kind of miserable. And I, I missed my girl and I just wanted to go home. And like the music just came out of me in like 10 minutes. So that one's very personal because it, it really, you know, I told Mark when he wrote the lyrics that I, I want this song to be about like longing and like 
you know, being on the road too long and wanting to go home and visit people. And we really nailed it with the lyrics when he, when he wrote them in Australia. So that's a personal standout for me. I love Don't Put Out the Fire. Um, just a different tempo for us and a little bit more groovy. And that's kind of been like a fan favorite live this tour. And then the very last tune on the record called Rebel Sun, the last two minutes of it is actually just a jam. It's one take, it's live to jam. And it's some of the, it's like one of my favorite musical moments on the record because you can hear us all listening to, to each other and interacting. And it's very fresh, you know, it's not rehearsed. I'm not trying to stick in a, nobody's trying to play anything flashy, but like the playing on it is really great in my opinion. That's so cool. So those are probably like my three favorite moments on the record. I mean, and that, that's a that's a rock and roll record. Just the the ride that it, it takes you on, and that's I think something that is missed. And I'm glad um, I, I I'm in a habit now of thinking I'm younger than everybody. But I'm, am I older than you? How old are you? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. My thirties, yeah. I'm, I just turned forty, so I'm, again I, I I still have the mind of a child apparently. So I always think I'm younger. So I I want to say that the younger generation and not sound too old is bringing back the style of an album, things that I miss from my childhood. And because it's not just the single, you have the rock and single, but sometimes it's just perfect when you get a rock and single next to a ballad back to back and the way it flows and you kind of get behind the scenes and into the mind of the band when you were recording it. So uh, it's, it's definitely an experience. And again, it comes out uh, November 3rd and you can pre-order because you're going to be, you're on the road now, but you're going to have a massive, uh, headlining tour. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, this is, this Did I just interrupt Tony like, over there? Did I just was he putting yeah. laying down bricks? Oh, yeah. You know he dropped something out of his foot. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they're, they're doing the lights right now. I don't know if you. Can, oh, my hands in the way. Sorry. Oh, that's cool. They're, they're setting up the stage with lights and stuff. Right on. Because <laughs> uh, our new tour manager is very annoyed that we've added lights because it's adding hours to uh, his setup. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Uh, so are you, I guess, well, before I forget, how has tour, I've been touring with uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. What kind of, you know, what, what kind of bond have you guys, cause he's, I'm lucky enough. He was on the same episode once with Mark and they were talking about a, 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 the upcoming tour. So that would uh, happen then. So how was that, that tour and, and dealing with the, with Mammoth WVH? You know, um, it was a weird time. That was like kind of one of the first tours post COVID. Yeah. And uh, Wolfie was very, uh, I don't know if we were scared of COVID. So we really didn't have much interactions. Like he, him and the band pretty much stayed on the bus and went and played the show and went back. Like they weren't even allowed, the band wasn't even allowed to go out to restaurants. They were having to Uber Eats everything. So it's kind of a letdown for us because we were all super excited to hang out with him. And we're all Van Halen fans. So we obviously wanted to like nerd out and pick his brains. And that didn't really get to happen, which is a bummer. But, you know, great band. You know, they sounded amazing every night. And just, the tour was great. You know, we sold out almost every gig. So it was a great tour for us. But, yeah, I definitely would have liked to have some more personal interaction with, with all of them. Well, you you all are early enough in your careers, I think, that I, I don't I don't think that'll be the last time you guys tour together. And I'm sure other opportunities will, will happen. No, and I ran. I went and saw Metallica at SoFi like a month ago, and they were opening up for him. And I ran into a couple of the guys, and we chatted, and they're like, "Oh man, it's so nice to be able to hang out now that you know under these code restrictions." And I was like, "Yeah, no, we've been around, you know, been like that the whole tour." Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is what it is. 
Oh, no, you're right. And it's crazy to think that it seems like such a long time ago, but it wasn't when we were all like that and, and needing to be careful. And uh, wow, I'm glad we're, you know, I know we'll never be officially out of the woods. There's always something trying to kill us, but I know we're, we're, we're past that, uh, that major scare. But let me ask about yeah. another band that you, I don't know if it was around, maybe around the same time, but you toured with them again recently. And that's Guns N' Roses, your favorite band, my favorite band. Uh, so how was that experience? I guess because you had a, a kind of a pinch yourself moment just being uh, on the road being in Dirty Honey. How did you feel when you got the call to open up for, for Axl Rose and Slash and Duff McKagan and, and Guns N' Roses? I mean, it was kind of mind-blowing. Like the first time we did it was in 2019 and we opened up for them in Las Vegas. And that was pretty cool, but it was also kind of weird because it was Vegas and it was at Caesar's Palace, which is like a small venue for them. But then 2022, we did like six stadium shows with them in Europe. That was my first time playing stadiums. And it was just like, again, another pitch myself moment. And so cool. Gary Park Jr. was also opening up for them. And we got close with Gary. It's just, it was so cool, man. They're such good guys. And then obviously we did another like six or seven with them this summer. And we've gotten a little bit closer with them. Like Slash came up to me and he was like, oh, dude, I love... I love Will Take Me Alive and Can't Find the Breaks that's all we put out so far. And just to know that he like heard them and thought they were cool, like honestly, it meant so much to me. And that he knew who I was, like walked over me and was like, what's up, dude? I wasn't just some random dude anymore. Um, and yeah, Mark actually hung out on Axe's bus for like two hours. He went down to the San Diego show. We weren't playing with him. He just went to check it out and ended up on Axe's bus drinking like Crystal and tequila with him all night. <laughs> What is, what is our lives? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And that's such an honest uh, moment because that's how I feel sometimes. Even right now, just talking to you, Justin, what is my life? Uh, for that so to have a fan become in, in real life, I think that's what life is all about. And that's, I'm, I'm glad you were able to have uh, that moment with Slash. And did you compare hair at all? Because you got the, the Slash going on. Maybe a little bit when the younger Slash, when it was a little bit more full. But did he... Uh, any compliment there? <laughs> uh, no, luckily I, just, I, luckily I was looking cool at that moment. You know, I wasn't in my sweats with my hair up or anything. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, randomly, I get the hair, my hair cut by the person that did his hair, like, in the 80s and 90s. It was, like, this girl, Lisa Cantor. Mark Cantor, like, was the original photographer. Yeah. Um, 80s and 90s. And uh, his wife cuts hair. And I just randomly went to her one day, and then it turned out she's like, "Oh yeah, I used to put slash too back in the day." I was like, "So you know how to do my hair then?" <laughs> that is amazing because I've had Mark on the show a couple times. I did not know his sister. I mean, I don't know. I never asked what, what his sister. Oh, his, does. his wife. His, his wife. Oh, his <laughs> wife. But yeah. what I usually call, I mean, you have a six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon. You open for them. But if you didn't, the fact that you go to Slash's old hairdresser, I think that's just a funny connection uh, as, as well to have. Yeah, it's cool because she's got all the old stories, too. And, you know, like she was she was really close with Axel and like, you know, would tell stories about Axel going down to the hotel bar at three in the morning and playing for everybody for two hours. It's like. You don't hear those stories about Axel as much, or at least in like the mainstream media, and like how much he really did care about the fans and was a good guy, not just crazy guy throwing mics at people or whatever it is you know that you hear. That's what I try to do on this podcast is let the I really don't get bad stories about the guy. We we love the the fun stories. One of them was from 
Mark when he came on. I guess before he was uh, sipping Cristal, you know, with him. There was one. He's like, we had a a twenty minute conversation, and I didn't want to take too much of his time, so I bowed out. But we were talking about like what you're watching on Netflix, and he's like, yeah, I love Peaky Blinders and and The Sopranos. Dude, that's talking about with the. Uh... With LaBelle, actually. He was talking about Peaky Blinders. That's, That's so what I'm funny. saying. That's what I'm saying. That was with Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I used two Marks in the same... I, I see how that was confusing. <laughs> Not Mark Cantor. Yeah. Mark LaBelle. Forgive me. Okay, uh, yeah. So, yeah, when, when Mark LaBelle was on, he uh, he said that. Um, and I love stories like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And also two Marks with a C, by the way. So I really should have clarified it's, that. <laughs> there's too many Marks in our life. Our manager's name's Mark. Our radio guy's name's Mark. There's like 10 marks on our camp. It's driving me insane. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. My dad was marked with the K. Uh, and so it's a little, little, That's better. Thank you. <laughs> I, that's the only way to go, I think. Uh, this was so fun, Justin. I really appreciate you coming on. And it's, you know what? Uh, he, he missed out. John missed out. Well, you and I got the bond. And, and then that's <laughs> well, hopefully next time. But uh, wh- you know, well, actually, before we go, you should come to uh, New York, Queens. But uh, say, uh, say that again. I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. Oh, I was saying you should come to our show in Jersey. In Jersey, I was saying I know you're in Queens, but we're playing Jersey in a couple of weeks. You should come out and uh, have a drink. I'll put you on the list. <laughs> I want to go. Uh, our mutual uh, label friend has offered me tickets to go in the past, and I'm always working. And now. Uh, I have a six-month-old, but I so I have, a, I have a newborn baby. I know you're leaning in closer, so I know I, I, I know I'm up against the, con, the construction. Thank you. Uh, I guess it, so what I want to do? Jersey is far, man, because I saw Metallica and Guns N' Roses over the summer in in New Jersey, and I think that's my wife and I are like never again. Just getting out of the stadium, getting out of the city, yeah. it's a nightmare. But I really, because I'm, I, you guys will obviously come back to New York. I mean, it's it's the mecca. Yeah. So next time you do, I am taking my my son, and it's gonna be awesome, like a hundred percent. Because I, we are, con- we both are, are obsessed with concerts. Going, my wife already took him to see Dave Matthews in Seattle, for his first concert. Oh, nice. With a, with, of course, with the headphones. And I'm jealous of all people who are bringing their babies to go see Guns N' Roses. He was like two months at the time to see Metallica and Guns N' Roses. I'm like, I can't be I can't be that kind of a I gotta wait. I can't be a bad dad just because I love this band and so he will be ready though when Dirty Honey hits New York City. No, you gotta be a good dad. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, but before I go since you're such a Guns N' Roses That's good. I, I try uh, but I gotta ask because you, you, you specifically said that GNR is your favorite band. Do you have a favorite song or maybe a favorite Guns N' Roses memory? Did you see them when you were younger? I got a bunch of favorite songs. Night Train's one of my favorite. I love the guitar intro to Get In The Ring. That's actually one of my favorite little guitar lines. I can't think of a story because I actually got to run. I got another interview in one minute. Okay. I'm sorry, but like literally there's not a song to me. Um, oh. One of my favorite bands. Like I've literally like, uh, there's a song called Gypsy that was on our last record. And that was totally uh, inspired by, uh, oh my God, I'm so beat to the bad back. There's a song that starts with that, like, Cameron bass part. I totally stole that. From it's, so uh, it's so easy? It's so easy? 
It's so easy. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's so easy. All right. Well, well, we'll end there, buddy. I know you're up against it. I hope we get to do this again, Justin. Continue success, and we'll talk soon. Thanks again, man. You got it. Take care. News. As I always say, the conversation continues on social media and to follow us because we kind of have two new songs or one song with two parts or one was, was supposed to be a hidden tracks. Well, let's rewind a little bit if you don't know what I'm talking about. The long-rumored The General was already announced coming out on the Perhaps LP. It was supposed to be shipped out. I mean, I did not order it, but all of you, the awesome AFD show listeners, the Guns N' Roses fans, you know, would, would show me and it had a delivery date of October 26. Obviously, that date has come and gone. And the day of, or maybe just like hours before, it was postponed. People got an email notification from the GNR website that it was going to be delayed until early December. No reason given. Since then, uh, Fernando has responded to somebody on Reddit. Guns N' Roses has, has put on their social media that there was just something wrong with the vinyl. The sound quality of the vinyl and they got it to the right sound. Look, I mean, I'm obviously not behind the scenes there. How long did they know that there was an issue? Again, to announce the, this delay with no reason given at the time. Let like a day go by and there have been repercussions for, the, for that day, which we're getting to, for letting that day go by until they said something. It's just the, what we have here is a failure to communicate kind of thing. And a lot of Guns N' Roses fans were angry because we're already starved for new music and any sort of communication with the band. And people have been excited for months. To, it's finally going to be delivered. We're going to get this. And we still aren't sure if they're going to be, uh, these songs are just going to be on the LP, if it's going to be a digital release uh, too. That's what I'm holding out for. I just... My apartment is too full of baby toys now. I can't add a record player and start collecting vinyls now at this point in my life. That, that day uh, has sailed for me. So what you're well aware of, because I was a little late to the game. I'm watching Baby Brownstone, trying to get him to sleep all day. This was on a Friday. Uh, my phone starts blowing up with people sending me links to these songs, to the general and monsters. And that wasn't the first time we heard the name Monsters, but that was only recently that, uh, again, I don't know how you Guns N' Roses fans, some people, you are sleuths to the utmost degree that there was something printed out on uh, SESAC.com, which I guess is how you register songs. And it goes to General and Monsters, and it has people who, you know, have contributed to the song, songwriters, and it's just like, I guess, a submission to where you're going to have a song release. Uh, I guess that's the my bastardization. I'm trying to summarize what that is. So we knew that the general was coming out. Now, is the song called the, the General and Monsters? Is it two songs? We don't know. Well, at least one Guns N' Roses fan, this is my assumption, got real annoyed with the delay with no answer from the band and the band had been active on social media posting about previous and upcoming shows but with no response and to show you the guess the opposite i saw in my own timeline somebody say and tweet at duff mckagan that they did not get the 
They ordered the autographed version of his new solo record, and they did not get it. Duff himself responded and said, we're going to fix that. So, I, I don't know. I know that's just Duff. It's not Guns N' Roses as a whole. Response could be customer service is different, I guess, if you want to call it that. But still, there were, the lack of customer service, I guess we can call it, or, or communication. So, what I was sent, what many of us were sent, were two whether it was on YouTube, whether there were secret links, the general and monsters. Now, first impressions. I've given both now four listens. It, don't, it did go through my mind that, you know what, maybe I won't listen to these. They're not, as we've discussed in the past about leaks that have happened. Uh, you know, when, when Guns N' Roses, their, their Chinese democracy leaks came out, are we were ever going to hear that record? So I eager it was in the early days of the internet as far as song leaks and uh and downloading and napster and all that so we don't we look at it differently now and i don't want my listening experience to be ruined when it's finished are these going to be demos are these real i even asked one of the people that sent it to me is this ai is this for real so if anything I always say, unless Axel says it, none of it's real. So uh, the only thing 100% confirmed is his love of Taco Bell, as he once famously tweeted. So let's just get into it. And I've been sharing my thoughts, uh, especially on, on X Twitter. The general is still going to have to grow on me. I think I'm done listening to that until the final version is out. There's something off with the vocals. I know... They it, it, with Axel is it when was it recorded? Was it twenty years ago? Was he using some sort of effects? There's a lot going on in the general that it for me right now does not live up to the fan made hype. It's never been really spoken about by the band, and it's just hyped up by us and in forums that like oh the general is going to be this epic thing, and it's epic in a lot of ways. But I think with a lot, like a lot of Chinese democracy tracks, I'm gonna have to really sit with it. But now, after just giving it a proper swill in my mouth, kind of thing, and so I could I could talk about it and be somewhat educated with my feelings on it, and not just being so reactionary and trying to process what I'm listening to. I will wait to hear the general again in its final completed form. Monsters, however. Now, whether it's the general and monsters that this is supposed to be two very different halves of the same song, or again, monsters is might have been a hidden track on the LP. I guess you all will find out when you get it in early December. Monsters, as the kids say, is a banger. From first listen, just a great, great song that sounds like new Guns N' Roses. Axel's vocals, very signature signature slash. I get a lot of uh, blood sugar sex magic vibes on it. I just love the way it flows. A very dancey kind of feel. It just it sounds like if this was a song meant for Chinese democracy, I don't know how it didn't make it. Put it that way. So Monsters is really good. And just by looking at online, not in, just in my own echo chamber of checking appetite socials, I'm checking Guns N' Roses socials. Many of you seem to share the same view as me. Not all of you. There are ones that say the general sucks. There are ones that love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it grow on me more before I, I really go too far with my feelings on it. But right now, I, I'm just not feeling it. 
enough to want to listen to it until, again, it's finished. Until I know that's the final version. Then I could be like, okay, here's my real opinion. But Monsters, whatever version is out there now that I've heard, great song. Great song. So, are we going to get more new music, Guns N' Roses? (laughs) Oh, this band. This band. It is just too funny that with the debacle or perhaps leaking to all those bar jukeboxes before it was supposed to be released, now (laughs) the second time they're going to have a release of songs and it gets bungled again. Look, I see a lot of you blaming Fernando and management. I don't know. We're not behind the scenes. Are they just pairing with people who, you know, uh, that are messing it up for them? Did it really be like, oh, touch tunes screwed up or did the vinyl plays screw up and it's making them look bad? I, I don't know. So as Bernie Sanders and my Bernie Sanders voice, I am once again asking Fernando to come on my podcast and I'm not going to grill you. It's not my style. I know a lot of fans, a lot of you might be upset to grill him, get all these answers. No, no, no. I want to give him a chance to display his personality. And because it's, it's got to be a tough job. He's the manager of one of the biggest bands of all time. And just a lot of moving parts and dealing with Axl Rose and whatever that even means. So I like to give him the benefit of the doubt. I give them the benefit of the, the doubt because it's just the easy, knowing from my position, and what sometimes people say at my low level in radio and people just not really having a clue what goes on behind the scenes. I kind of have that mindset. Like, I have no idea. We can have an, like, oh, it seems obvious this is what happened. Not, it's really not always the case that what may seem obvious to you, there are so many variables that go into things. So I'm not going to blame Team Brazil uh, for this because I don't know. That would just be an easy thing to do and a lazy thing to do. I get the frustration if you do, do like do that because there isn't much communication, the occasional, you know, comment on Reddit from from Fernando. But that's why I I, I put it out there again. Fernando, Beta, anyone that <laughs> wants to represent Guns N' Roses and I this is a soft landing spot. I'll it'll be a fun time. So I'm just putting it out there again. Anyway, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. We'll see if there are any more developments. So again, I always say this, social media. Sometimes it's all quiet on the shotgun news front. Nothing going on. And then there are days like what we've had with a lot going on. So the AFD show on uh, on Facebook, the AFD podcast on X, Twitter, Appetite for Distortion on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Email me at the AFT show at gmail.com. A lot of ways to stay in contact and to ask questions and to submit questions to for future guests, such as who I'm getting, uh, I believe, for the next episode, Mr. John Five. Yeah, I'm excited for John Five. Of course, uh, he was with Motley. He is with Motley Crue. He's with Rob Zombie. He's played with Slash a lot of times. So I'm just really looking forward to that. So. Stay tuned. When will you see that interview? When is the next episode? And the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.